What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Young Closer Podcast. It's your host, Jacob Hagerman. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at the Real Young Closer. And you got Big Rai. You know, we're having fun today. We got another badass guest. Uh, this guy I've known for years now, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, um, I can say that. He's number one. He's just a great dude. We like bringing great people on the podcast. He's in real estate. His name's Johnny estate. Arizona. Johnny, how can they find you on social media, dude? Yeah, yeah, at Johnny.Arizona on basically all social platforms, Johnny. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all of it. Okay, know, Johnny. LinkedIn. I want to ask you a couple questions because I don't I'm think ready. we've really had a real estate person on the podcast we've had guys that dabble in real estate when yeah. best whatever but i know a lot of people are listening <clears throat> to this real estate is kind of one of those um verticals that pretty much no matter who you are you can get into right like 100%. you don't have to be a freaking college graduated like harvard law uh super accoladed person to get a real estate license is that right or am i way off uh, the, uh, that's spot on that's well said i mean when i got into real estate I don't remember what old guy told me, but he goes, hey, man, you know, if you need any help along the way, I've been in real estate for, this guy was like five decades. I'm like, five decades, 50 years you've been in real estate? And every time I turned around to anybody, they're like 20 years, 20 years, 20 years. So, you know, it's a good industry to be in if everyone's staying in it. But you, there's no cookie cutters to it, man. Like, I, I have a client who we sold, you know, a few of his homes. And the guy, ironically enough, couldn't get his real estate license because he's is an ex-football player and tons of running with the law. I go, all right, cool. Wholesaling, investing. Then you hook them up with, you know, go down the Pace Morby route. <clears throat> what I do, I transact real estate every single day. So you or, you know, you, you could buy a home and, you know, you could literally call any real estate agent and have them help you from A to Z. Most of them can get the job done, but it's really, it's like, look, <laughs> If you start working with investors, first thing you're going to learn is like how they make money is on the buy side of the transaction. So that's a professional investor. And just for an everyday buyer, it's like, oh, it really doesn't matter who my agent is. I'm just going to use my friend. Well, it absolutely does. Because if you have a strong, aggressive real estate agent on your side, even on the smallest transactions, you can still pick up an additional $10,000 uh, on the larger transactions you're talking multi-million dollar transactions, a strong real estate agent that's very well versed in sales that understands sales, neuro-linguistics programming, you know, how the brain works, how people work. That agent can make an additional 200000 on a multi-million dollar transaction for any of their clients. So, yeah, I mean, of course, they always say it matters who you work with, but, like, take it to the next level. I mean, I could be more aggressive then say, let's say your girlfriend or something is a real estate agent. You know, she's very kind. She's very sweet. She's very timid. She wants everybody to get along. That's cool. You need everybody to get along in the transaction. But there's sticking points to the transaction where it's like, okay, let's smack this guy around a little bit and get you a bit more aggressive on you your offer. smacking people around. Yeah. But, I mean, even going through the transaction, how do you keep a, keep a deal together but yet get you the best possible uh, outcome? What, we'll go into the sales side of things because, obviously, this is what – this podcast is all about is closing, but I want to know, Johnny, yeah. how the hell did all this come about, dude? Like, like what made, cause I know you sold cars. You did a lot of stuff in your past. Let, let, what got your ass let, into let, real let's, estate? Let, let's kind of, let's kind of slow it down. No more. How old are you? 
37. So you're 37. Crazy how fast you go from your age to 37. No, 100%. 15 fucking years. It's crazy. Like, so I was 22 yesterday. Pretty well, much. 23, 24, yeah. When I was your age, I was 11. <laughs> That's even crazier. <laughs> not that. Not that again. So, number one, how long have you been selling real estate? Seven years. So, okay, so seven years. So, you started when you were 30. Yeah. Then you, uh, before that, you were selling cars for how long? Yeah, so the car sales thing was interesting, man. Um, I was waiting tables at P.F. Chang's. I waited on a guy named Sammy Reagan who owned uh, multiple car dealerships in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, he was going to order the nastiest thing on the menu. I said, man, you look like you're having a great time. I don't want to ruin your dinner. It's like, can we please get you something else? And uh, that started it all. 19 years old. I might have even been 18. 19? Yeah, it was 19. For sure, 19. Got in it for three or four years. Got in the clothing business. Clothing business uh, brought me to Arizona. Um, I was born and raised on a, on a horse ranch in, in Nebraska. So, like, hey, you know, like, I love what the Elliott Group is all about. But let me tell you. Like, this is the biggest part of my story. It's like, I was born and raised on a horse ranch. My mother's 73 years old today. She might be 74. I might mess that up. But this lady still works 12, 15-hour days, seven days a week. On the farm. On a farm, doing harder work than any of us do, you know? And so being zero years old in diapers, you know, four or five years old, six years old, you go outside, you start helping out wherever you can. And if you're five years old and you can't do anything, well, then you're picking up buckets, you're filling water. But from six, seven, eight years old, I work seven days a week because you go outside, you're just helping the family. And then so, you know, you get older and it's like, what is a day off? Why do you need 24 hours off? I mean, either way, that day's going to go by and you're like, oh, shit, I got to go back to work. You really, truly only need a few hours off. You need a morning off. You need an evening off. You know, three hours, four hours, five hours. Why do you need 24? 24 does nothing for you. I mean, if you stay in flow state, you stay, like, every day I'm selling real estate because I'm meeting people. Look, I mean, it's good for everybody to be a homeowner, and I can't wait to get into the conversation about, you know, the Grant Cardones of the world that say, hey, it's, you know, nobody should buy a home. Like, oh, that's fucking funny. Okay, look out the window. You guys got a beautiful view here. There's massive homes everywhere. Why the fuck is everybody a homeowner if it's such a bad thing to do? You know, it's crazy to me. People, I mean, you're either paying a, you're paying a mortgage either way. You're either paying my mortgage or you're paying your mortgage. Exactly. You know. Good, but getting back into that, though. Some assets. I was working on a farm, and, man, like, my parents got divorced. And when my parents got divorced, that was actually probably, like, one of the best things that happened to me because... Up until then, it was just all work. My dad went back in the city. We had a good life, enjoyed playing sports, but I never lost that work ethic. Got into the car business. I was running around the dealership like a madman. Had zero training skills. I mean, I had. I mean, they all loved me because I was precocious or whatever, and like precocious. chatting. You know, I was funny, chatting it up. That's I don't even word. know. Yeah, yeah. put put That's that word. word. Put that word. Precacious. You guys don't even. You guys, I'm getting a T-shirt with that on there. Precocious. You guys know me as Johnny Arizona, right? They used to know me as 151. So I was 19, making a little money. I got a motorcycle. On my way to work in a 55-mile-an-hour zone, I was doing 151. Got, <sighs> the cops came up to the dealership, and uh, I was like, oh, man. They, did they see me? I'm fired. <laughs> For sure fired. Was not fired. The owner of the dealership thought it was, you know, he was laughing. He's like, okay. I sold the motorcycle to keep my license so I can keep my job. But... I was selling cars. I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, I was running around just talking to people. Mm-hmm. No sales skills at all. And I never really got trained until I came out here to uh, Arizona. And I was in between selling uh, 
diamond wedding rings, clothing, kind of phasing out of that industry, got back into the cars for a bridge. Next thing I know, I was there for a few years as I was getting ready to get into real estate, right? So my grandfather changed our entire family tree through real estate. And um, he bought and sold farm ground and collected hundreds of millions of dollars and wore overalls every day. You never would have known it. Bought everything on a coupon. He passed away um, 2020, a couple years ago. And uh, we lived poor. My, my mother lived poor up until then. When he passed away, it was like heaven opened up. So now my mom's into the racehorses and living her life, traveling. But I tell you, she, you know, she went 70-some years of just ramen noodles, you just know, dirt true. poor, clipping coupons. And, but, you know, my mom's a special person. She complains all the time, but she's a beautiful individual. Nobody works as hard as she does. And there's certain things that, like, you know, like your parents would tell you things. Yeah, sure, you learn and listen, but, like, you learn so much by just watching them. Oh, yeah. You know? But I, I'm just blessed to have her for mother. But, yeah, Sammy Reagan opened the door for the car dealership. I got out here with Matt Serretta. <clears throat> and, you know, even then, at that point, I came across Grant Cardone. I'm like, okay, here's some energy that I can vibe with. Still, you know, that 10X rule, man, I must have listened to that audio book on repeat for yeah. months. I mean, damn good. Why didn't you Every read day on the way. I never read it, you know, audio. Can you read? <laughs> Yes, I could fuck. Okay, read. good. Well, some people can't. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. telling you, man. You, I've met some illiterate people. <laughs> what's the illiterate population is fucking insane here? Why Why read when you can listen to stuff? Right? Well, you know, 76% of the population has $400 in their bank account. Then there's illiteracy rates. It's crazy to have all that in the United States. But what? that 10X rule on, on repeat over and over and over, it just became ingrained in me, right? Well, then I, how, how, how do I get to when I started selling real estate? And then there's these scripts that they tell you to internalize and like and learn them and read them, and it's just um, they're like, "Damn dog, that works!" Like that's the most basic, boring um, energy like on the world. It's like when you're talking to a client, if you're reading off a script, dude, I would walk away from them. Oh, 100%. Like if, you, if the person, the salesperson you're talking to, feels like they're reading off a script, I'd walk away from them. You know. But Grant Cardone, he'll, he'll tell you how to, like, you know, he'll kind of teach you subconsciously, like, you know, to get into, like, a rhythm and a flow state. And, and, but, like, I didn't really get any sustenance from it, you know. Like, I get over here and I see Andy Elliott, and I, I connect with you guys because of the car sales background. But I'm like, oh, man, these guys go next level with it. They teach you, you know, I think Grant Cardone is more of a marketer than a salesperson. I think oh, you'd agree. absolutely. I think Andy's. I mean, that's that's why, like, you know, he, he spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on marketing, you know, advertisement. You know, there's a funny story with Brad. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it was Driven. Uh, driven last year when we were in Long Beach at Albert Preciado's event. Brad was speaking on stage. He goes, you know, one thing that you should take away from Grant Cardone is how much he used to post back in the day. Yeah. And uh, Brad, you know, Brad was like, hey, man, like, dude, I might have to unfollow you because you just post so much. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Brad does, you know, the Grant Cardone, like, I don't care. You ain't buying nothing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. You know, and, Great story. And that's, you know, that's what made him different he didn't care what people thought. And, I mean, hell, great mentor. Yeah, you know, but, I mean, you can only run around the dealership so much and talk to the entire up bus that drives in before you really truly need some fucking skills. Oh, yeah. And I feel like Andy gets right. more into, like, Andy's more of a salesman first, and that's not a bad thing. And here, let me explain. Like, I feel like Andy's more of a salesman first. Okay, so who can you learn more from, a marketer or a salesperson? Like, you need to learn from, I think Andy's better closer than Grant, 100%. Okay, so I feel like you, we can all learn more from someone who has better skills. 
and he, he gets more in depth, like into like the into the weeds. That's a bad way to you know, just more into detail with the closes than Grant. Dude, I got all kinds of Grant Cardone stuff I bought for one ninety seven, ninety seven. It was always a ninety seven in that motherfucker. Oh yeah, you know, you but <laughs> and uh, but I feel like you know I got that Deadly Script book. I got hooked up with the Macklins, and I'm like, dude, there's more detailed closes in just this alone than any of the GC material. I love them both. They're both great, and they both taught me a ton, and they teach everybody a ton. And, like, the biggest thing I keep I, – dude, I look at you guys. I'm not here every day anymore. I know I'm not, you know. Yeah, we we kind of we miss having we you miss around, you. We thought you died. I, I, well, I was about to have a – I had a baby, by the way, because all you guys oh, talk dude. shit. Like, I just disappeared. Motherfucker, I'm in front of people and I'm at home with that baby. Dude, that's awesome. But I, I love was gonna call your life insurance policy and cash out. Shit. Hey, I got a question. Since you're <laughs> that's a, farmer, a good point. Since you're a farmer, you might know this, but one of our life insurance guys told me a story. He said back in the day, you know, you'd have a lot of kids on the farm because you needed help on the farm. Mm-hmm. But if you had like a weak kid or a kid that couldn't do the work, uh, they would get that one? life insurance policies and all of them. But they'd kill <clears> the kid, collect the money, and these guys would these farmers would get like. All this money off killing their kids. You ever hear anything like that in Nebraska? I've never heard, never in my right. life. Now, I might have said farmer. We're not true. We we're, we're ranchers. Like, my mother's a horse breeder and a horse trainer. All my uncles are the farmers. That took a oh, okay. that took a yeah, So I might have so said, fast. yeah. I was that, well, Tyler Glennon told me that this morning about life insurance. I'm like, holy camoli. Dude, we should check, we should track that down. Yeah, Ryan. Hey, this doesn't happen anymore, allegedly. We're, 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 we're going to put some uh, insurance on little baby Ryan. You know, speaking yeah. of cops, dude, they don't give a shit about nothing, man. If it ain't a murder, which I'm surprised someone hasn't dug into that story right there. If it's, if Glennon knows about oh, it. Oh, it happened for sure. But I definitely just showed a house on my way over here. I'm like, I've watched How to Catch a Smuggler a fucking million times. I'm like, that right there is a fucking meth house. Like, dude, trap house. There's like a tarp Especially over the, the carport <laughs> with a fucking car backed into <laughs> it. Hold on a second, dude. It gets better. Hey, this or, motherfucker. Or, or, you you nope. see that trap house in Phoenix got the tarp on it and they got the freaking the Hellcat. And the, this and, is in and, Scottsdale. And then, then you got the ghost. <laughs> this is in fucking Scottsdale. A car is backed into where the, tr- the fucking tarp's coming down. The whole house doesn't have a lick of paint. I mean, the wood is just dried. Shingles are fucking missing. There's a container, you know what I'm saying? Like a metal shipping container in the backyard. Which I've seen on the shows, that's a fucking character trait of a meth house or a fucking some lab of some sort. Why don't you go in the there? only thing that's fucking new is a security camera that's fucking propped in the corner to see every angle of the property. I'm like, <laughs> we're trying to sell the property exactly next door. I'm like, fuck, man, are you kidding me, dude? Dude, why don't you Does, go, why don't you go check I, it out? I call the listeners. I'm like, hey, if you guys fucking called the cops yet to investigate this, like, dude, I'm just saying, like, dude, you don't have to give your name, you don't have to leave nothing. Just fucking swing by 7425 Portland, you know, the house next door. Was that the actual address? It's pretty close. <laughs> but check it out. Dude, honestly, if you type that in, it's fucking online right now. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, northeast, west, south, that might give you a little issue there. But no, um, yeah, man, the car sales thing was great. You know, that's where <clears throat> a lot of good people did car sales before they went out and did something great in other areas. stepping stone. Hell yeah. You guys are about to have an event with Grover, you know, and like... Just there's certain people like Jordan and Kobe that are definitely different. And, like, I felt like from a young fucking age, like, the amount of work that we did on the farm, it's like, all right, so there's character traits that need to be learned and picked up everywhere. Where did you guys learn your work ethic? Because you're you're from Wisconsin, right? That's right. Where are you from? Illinois? Northwest Indiana. Indiana. And he grew up on a possum farm. First girlfriend was a possum. <laughs> yeah. Figure that one out. 
still his best girlfriend. See, you know what's the funniest thing? All the viewers, you know what they're going to say? Oh, that's like the ninth time Ryan's recycled that same hey, joke. I, I want to tell you, Jake. New, new, new guest, same well, joke. But here's the new thing. Guess, I don't think. Joke. Yeah, you know the SSDD? I don't. SSDD. You know, same shit, different day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. New guest, same joke. That's big Ryan. You got to have one line. You got to be funny. You know what I mean? You got to have, if you're in sales, you got to have jokes. You got to have one-liners. But anyways, back to the, the work ethic thing. Yes. You got, like, I'm not the hardest worker, you know? I think that's one of my character flaws. I'm not like the Tiger Woods, the Michael Jordan, the Kobe Bryant. Like, I'm not the hardest worker. I don't think really many, like, that's a special finite amount of people. Like, to honestly be the hardest worker, I'm talking yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, you have the, to be the Jordans. Free. Those guys were just different. Those were what, we, what Tim Grover calls the cleaners. You don't meet yeah, the many cleaners. cleaners. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. of closers. I think we're 100% closers. There might be moments when, like, you're a cleaner, when you're a cleaner, when I'm a cleaner. But I think 99% of the time we're Andy, closers. Andy's the cleaner Yeah, in, in this building. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, what? And, 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 lead by and, example, and, right? Well, the deal is, is if we were truly cleaners, we yeah. would have this company without being under Andy. Well, yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's the way, yeah, but, that's the brother, way that I think about he's, it. He's 42, 3. 43 years. Yeah, he got a couple years on you. 20, he's got a couple, exactly. He's got two generations on he's you. He's got two decades on you. So you him. might have something like this when you're in that 40 range. And you guys, I'm telling you, that here's the most beautiful thing about Andy and Jackie. First off. <clears throat> See, I don't believe that, though. I think that's totally wrong. You think you can have this at a young age? 100%. Look at, I mean, look at Michael Jordan, look at Kobe Bryant, look at Tiger Woods. They were better when they were younger. in their younger. 20s, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, and Andy, really, he only did that in the last three years. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I'm just thinking of Jordan, you know, like he didn't win any championships so he's like six years in, right? I mean, but he can be a leader of other men that are older than him just by like, hey, he, he was an asshole too. But like his actions allowed him to be because he, he set the, he set well, the standard. I think young people, unless a lot of young people watch this, I think young people believe I got time. Like I hear yeah, Jacob yeah, yeah, talk, yeah. well, I'm 23, I'm 23. It's like, dude, well, you ain't going to be 23 anymore. Yeah, I don't don't like 20, you're not 21, you're not 20. Yeah, I don't have time. You know what you're, I'm saying? You're yeah. running like all of a sudden you're going to be 30. And you're going to be like, holy shit. You're going to be 37. And you're going to be like, That shit happened I'm, like that too. My, my, my time like is running out like because the average male lives to 76 years old. Yeah, so that yeah. means for you, Halfway you got about there. 40 years. Left. You got four 40 years. years to do all this stuff you want to do. Yeah. You're almost 40. Half your life's over, bro. And that Jesse it's their deal, crazy. man. When you break it down yeah. to how many summers you got left, and then it's like that is a good way to make yeah. all the animosity for making the phone calls. And that's another thing, too. Like, there's so much to unfold here. Like, I think, obviously, as humans, as a whole, we tend to fuck shit up. Like, oh, yeah. Self-sabotage. Cold calling. Let's just talk about this for a second, because I make a lot of cold calls, right? And I had to get fucking great at it, because... It's fucking destroyed as an industry right now because I get so many number one robocalls. And if they're a human being, there's a dead pause before the actual human picks up because they're calling on a dialer. And then, like, when they get on the phone, they're just fucking trash, dude. They don't, they don't know anything about me. It's all about what they're selling, you know? And, like, when I make cold calls, man, Brad Lee mentioned this. And he says subtle things that I pick up. And he probably doesn't know that I pick up, you know? But, I'm like, he said something along, quit making cold calls. Make warm calls. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck is a warm call? Any kind of rapport. Like, first off, I call. And if you're a real estate agent out there, first person you should call is someone that you had. You, well, okay. Too big a bitch to call anybody you know. So, all right. If you want to do cold calls, call someone that you have somewhat minor rapport with. How about you start with your neighbors? Hey, I'm a neighbor. That's the first way to get the guard down, right? Is that cold, though? It's warm, right? Lukewarm, you know, whatever. Some neighbors are still assholes, right? But... Um, no, I mean, usually when I start off, mindset? I'm a neighbor, you know, a neighbor, it all, I don't really have bad calls. Most of them go well. Like, 
Like, for example, like in art, what we do, we have lists of yeah, people yeah, that are, they're not cold because they know who we are. They've actually probably hit you up on some, I hit oh, you yeah, up for a deadly script book. Yeah, like you, like you were a lead, right? And yeah. then, but you probably got closed right away. But now if you hadn't been closed. And Is that a good thing or a bad thing? You, that's great. Because you changed your life. You made a decision. Yeah, yeah. Decision so like, maker. If I call, uh, like, so people think, like, in a business. If I, let's just say you, I talk to your team, right? Yeah. Your real estate team. You're, you know, you're the guy that's running it. You're doing the Johnny Arizona thing. You got people calling people for you. And I asked that your people, hey, Johnny, or Johnny's team, how are the leads? Yeah. A lot of people are be like, oh, they're not that great. Well, that's <laughs> a mindset of the, like, if you're calling a list, who cares if they're cold? I th- if you think cold leads are awesome, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have some awesome results. If you think, oh, they're cold, they're harder to talk to, well, yeah. if you go into that pre- with that preconceived notion, it's going to be harder to talk to. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. Like, you got, it's a it's a sales, and that's why I was saying, I don't think time and experience has anything to do. I think Jacob could have been a millionaire at 18, but he he's not putting in the work. Like, I could be a, a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. What were you doing not, at 16 and 15, something. you know? You know? What was I doing at 16 and 15? Yeah. Uh, just... High school, working two jobs, playing football. Chasing chicks? No. No? Just trying to take care Skateboarding? of Skateboarding? No. I mean, no. Dude, he, he was, was skating. He was Roddy yeah. mulling it, dude, doing No, so. Well, I mean, I mean so there's a maturity thing there. that needs to happen for us to get to that point. Well, right? so, at, at 16, I was, I was working two jobs. I was working at the produce pro, uh, processing plant. I was okay. working at Dollar General. I was okay. taking care of my mom, my two sisters, and going to high school, maintaining a 4.0, and playing yeah. football. Okay, so there, there's, like, a lot to be said to that point, too. Like, somewhere along the line from 0 to 15 or 16, you thought get a job was the option, was the thing. It was because we had no money, and it was yeah. like, okay, we need money. But I, now, I need money. Yeah. But, I mean, you're getting to the point now, it's like, okay, like, you know, Grant Cardone is teaching his kids, don't look for a job, look for the opportunity. It's like, dude, like, with my transactions, I try to make 10, 15, 20 grand, 30 grand, 60 grand a pop. And it's, I'm trading time for this, right? But, and see, some people are like, oh, you know, these real estate agents, they make too much fucking money. It's like, dude, you should have seen what my client made, you know? We fucking crushed well, it. So what, and, what, and then, why'd you switch from car sales to real estate? My grandfather, like, okay, oh, so, so let it. me just say, like, Ed Milet, I love tying all these people in. Ed Milet said something along the lines of, every, every family, there's the one. You know, yeah, the one. In every family, the there's the one, and in every family, you know, they weren't always rich before. Then the one came along. My grandfather was the one, and I'm telling you, my brother did eight to ten years in jail. I couldn't remember because he kept going in and out so many times. My other brother passed away a few years ago. All my cousins, all the uncles, everybody listen. And my my mom fought with my uncles. Everybody was fighting. There's tons of drama in our family. But when my grandpa was around, number one, he didn't say much. He was quiet. But everybody shut the fuck up and fell in line because my grandfather changed the entire family tree. You don't have to be the voice. You don't have to be talking all the time. Just just showing. And he showed the whole, showed the whole family how to change the tree yeah. through real estate. So he'd buy farm ground. He'd rent, he couldn't farm it all. The brothers, the kids couldn't farm it all. So then you start renting out to farmers. Mm-hmm. He, like I said, wore overalls, drove a Cadillac. That's why I drive Cadillac. Yeah, and I still got the Escalade. I know you still I, got that? I got a diesel Suburban right now. 30 I, I, miles that's what I've seen. I, I, I seen I love the new that Suburban, bitch. and I was that's like, badass. dude, there's only one new person here at the office, and it's Johnny, because we haven't seen him in. That's a fucking, that's bullshit. Well, no, we haven't seen you in forever. I, 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 I figured it was yours, that, that Suburban. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Were, like When you were up here, what was it, yesterday or the day before? Yeah. Like I was like, okay, the only person that's new at the office, not like new, but like yeah, the only person yeah. that's like I haven't seen or seen what they drive up in. Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, Duramax. So, yeah, yeah. Nice. Gave the wife the Escalade. Wow. 
So oh. she, she's whipping the freaking. Does it blow smoke? Black is it deleted? What? Is it, is it is it deleted or is it all stock? Uh, it doesn't blow smoke. Oh. You like that? You shit, gotta get deleted, you? dude. Roll I just uh, see, yeah. see Ryan got rid of the old dirty diesel. I know. You know what? He bitched out, didn't he? I'm a Prius now. I, he fucking <laughs> bought a Prius. <laughs> I got a Prius. You, you did kind of bitch out a little bit, didn't you? Yeah. I like your old truck. Yeah. So uh, remember that one truck I brought up here. Which one? That big nasty white one with the horn, the, oh, the train yeah, horn, the, the train that? horn. Yeah, he gave it away. Did he? Could have gave it away to my boy Big Rye. You would look good in that. Nah, I'm over that Why stuff. Did he gave it away, <sighs> dude. Well, okay, so cheap, you know, like in this real estate thing, like he is a builder and fucking crushing it to the point, of driving Rolls Royces, Lambos to the point of he got a uh, commercial space and has a exotic car dealership of all exotics. And kept growing. I'm like, dude, I just came from car sales. Don't fucking waste your time. Don't take your eye off your main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. And you wanted to dick around with it, and then he got crushed. Interest rates went up, and the real estate started getting crushed because the sales prices came, you know, turned on him. Uh, it, it's just a cold moment in time. The house of cards fell, and, I, you know, he was partnered with a real bad guy in the car business. I'm like, dude. One thing, if you're going to own a car dealership, own a car dealership. You know what I'm saying? And and you can't just own a car dealership and never be there. What was this guy's name? Oh, man, Phil, great dude. And uh, great dude to this day. And he is, you know, re rebranding himself and still building homes. But he builds the sickest homes. Like, we're in like a $700,000 neighborhood. And then there's like a $2 million listing. And it's like, okay, this is them we're going to fucking sell. And then we get in there and it's like, okay. This is sick. This was back in 2017, 18, where all the things that are considered modern today, he was doing back then. And, like, the wood, like, the different fucking things, the Shell Beach by Garrison, and, like, he had a fucking breakaway wall that went downstairs. This fucking house had a tunnel, basically, to a wine cellar, which he doesn't drink at all, and he turned it into, like, a movie theater room. A breakaway wall? I mean, dude, this is just like a, a $700,000 neighborhood. Now he's trying to sell a $2 million house out of it. And it's obviously it's sold. It's still not in the market today, right? But, um, yeah, and, like, dude, these home builders like Phil, too, it's a beautiful thing to watch because he's the builder, the subs, the contractors, the designer, the agents. You're bringing everybody together. And it's just a true statement to, like, you don't have to do it all your own. You need a team, you know? Absolutely. And it's just like you guys around here, but yeah, I don't even know how we got off on that story, dude. I like well because I got rid of my truck, and that's the reason because that dude he had oh yeah he had truck and he was going broke, so I don't want to do that shit. He had a train horn to save some money, not a semi horn on this truck, a train horn, which I fucking thought was sick. Yeah, Yeah, those things. Have you ever heard one? I honked it the whole way out here, bro. (laughs) You fucking heard me from South Phoenix. Uh, dude, a funny story about a train horn. So my sister, uh, her husband, I went to go see him up in Branson a couple months ago. Branson, Branson, Missouri, and I uh, went to go see him. And uh, dude, so he has one, and uh, like he was like just kind of messing around. He was like, "Hey, you know, check under the spare <coughs> on this truck. It's like a little Silverado, nice little truck." And I was like, "Oh yeah, dude, no problem." Oh and then I God. put put my head down and fucking it's, it's facing <laughs> no, it's facing forward. Thank okay, God. Good. And then like it wasn't yeah. And he's just, just one time, just one little short little burst. And I'm, dude, like, I freaked out like I locked up. I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. left ear was ringing. I was going to say, what an asshole if that was facing towards you. Dude. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Dude, it was hilarious. But those things. 
They'll get you. Those things will get your attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like, meant dude, to we're do. clearing traffic the whole way here, though, coming up Shea Boulevard, you know, down up the mountain. I'm like, wah, wah. You know, cars are, like, looking around, like, what the hell is going on? They think there ain't no train bike. tracks on <laughs> Shea Boulevard. Like, there is <laughs> today. Will they, watch out. The, uh, yeah. Will they put the train on there? Or, or a fire bike. truck. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah maybe no. it is a fire truck. I don't know. I call it train. It might be fire No, no, truck. I th- it's a train. I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. But, dude, those things are. Those things are devious. Yep. Yeah. You've got, if you got one on your truck, you're probably an asshole. <laughs> I mean, dude, can I, I'd get one on a Prius. I'm going to put it on my boat. Yeah, you don't have a Prius. I don't want the whole world to yeah, think dude. you drive a Prius, dude. I got a, I got a Toyota. Yeah. Toyota. <laughs> I mean, did you go get it from that big buff GM dude, Moats? No, I got it, I from, like Moats, I got it from a dude up, up north. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Looks like a new dealer plate, though. Oh, dealer, dealership, though. Yeah. Yep. Did you sell their whole training staff on some Elliot? Yeah, they're already on it. They're that's already what, on yeah, it. Yeah, that's why I did business with them, yeah. Yeah. Should have went to a dealership that weren't doing business. Yeah, no. And got their business, too. Well, and that's, and that, I want to talk about that. So, I went to a couple dealerships, just, you know, shopping or seeing what was up, you know. Every dealership I went to, salespeople didn't ask me for my name. Salespeople didn't greet oh, me. God. Salespeople didn't make me feel welcome. Yes. I felt weird. I felt like like I was the one running the show. And it's like, I'm supposed to be the customer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of the dealerships, like, they know, like, especially the ones we train with, they know who we are. So it's, maybe it's like, oh, shit, here's Ryan from the Elliott Group. He's going to try to, like, do his sales training stuff on me. So maybe they're a little like, oh, shit. <laughs> but that's where it's like, in real estate, same thing. You have so many, especially from, like, what me and Jacob see. Like, we have a lot of real estate agents that reach out to us that are getting into it. And they're like, you know, they were in car sales, and they're like, well, I sucked in car sales. Well, I'm like, well, dude, yeah. if you sucked in car sales, yeah. selling houses really isn't easier. It's harder. It's harder, and the sales cycle is longer. Yep. And if you're not going to train, I know you didn't train in car sales. That's why you sucked. Well, you better start training now for real estate because real estate will bury your ass. Yes, the opportunity level is probably, I would say, higher than car sales. Like, you can probably... I mean, real estate, you can make multi-millions. Well, you, you can or, do I mean, about the same cars, but you could, yeah, you could do multi, yeah. I mean, real estate got big ceiling. It's a longer yeah. thing, though. You're not going to, like, your first month in real estate become a millionaire. Like, no. you could, your first month in car sales make 20, 30 grand. But in real You're estate. You're not going to do that in real estate, though. No. No. It's possible. Well, well it could happen, I guess, right? But I mean, you can make 20, 30 grand your first month in real estate, but uh, is that what you said? Yeah. Well, you know, you said something about sales cycles, too, because in car sales, your sales cycle is, like, two to four hours, right? And other than that, it's just way too long. But your real estate sales cycle is like 30 days, right? Mm-hmm. 20, 30, 45 days. I mean, if you don't know your shit, you got a lot longer time to be exposed, right? And I noticed the same thing when I got into real estate. It's like, first off, I was like deers in a headlight, deer in a headlight, just like bug-eyed. Because real estate's an industry that you get into that you can be in for 20 fucking years and still be learning. Yeah. I mean, oh, you yeah. never I mean, learn you, it all. You need to still learn. And, dude, it's just a beautiful industry on so many levels. There's so much to unpack on that topic. But, like, yes, when you're buying a car, boy, you really realize, like, damn, most of, you can tell a dealership that's trained and not trained. And you can tell an Andy Elliott training guy on a, versus a non-Andy Elliott training guy. And that's how clear it is to me because, like, you have someone that's fired up or someone that has never tasted coffee before and they're just like a fucking bump on a log, no energy. Bump on a log. I yeah. got a question. Real estate guy says, before I train on sales and selling, <clears throat> I want to get my license first. What would you say to that guy? Okay, so, um, dude, sales is a good thing to have and you it's good to be good in sales in every fucking industry that you're in. 
I think it's asked backwards to get your real estate license and then learn how to sell. Because once you get your real estate license, you should already know how to sell. Which I think is what you're trying to say. Well, because guys are like, well, I don't want to train on how to sell houses because I don't even I don't even have my license yet. I don't even know if I'm going to get it. You need to learn like, how to what? sell fucking everything. Because like, yeah. dude, like when you get older and mature and you're just going through life, it's like you realize that like no matter who you're talking to, everybody is just trying to sell their point of view. Whether it's, um, you know, like. I don't even want to get into this, the social dilemmas of the world, but everyone's really projecting, you know, the shit that they've been through behind, and then they're selling their point of view. Car salesmen are selling cars, right? Real estate people are selling real estate. Like, I was selling clothing for a while, so, so I was a clothing salesman. I was a car salesman. I was a wedding ring and jewelry salesman. Um, I learned sales in all aspects, and the common denominator is people. So when I got into real estate, it's like, okay, I need to change my scripts, but it's handling the same people. First off, I was successful in real estate, with like dude the training scripts are so bland like you guys have to show them to you sometimes they're pretty boring right they're pretty bland they're very maniacal and i was successful in real estate just off of fear alone i was up at 5 a.m i was printing out shit like flyers door i I owned my neighborhood everybody fucking knew who i was dude i didn't even own a house in that neighborhood yet you know i mean but I, I owned that neighborhood. That was my farm. I was cultivating it. And I got, you know, my first few months, I got like 38,000 bucks on my farm because I had worked it so much. I was calling everybody, calling the neighbors, getting to know them all. And then anytime something came up, if I didn't get the listing, you know, they started sucking. Like I, I was the next call the guy made. I came in, that listing expired. I sold it in like less than 30 days. And I'm like, this is exactly what you got to do to get that home sold. And I just built my business that way. First year in real estate, I made more. Um, then I made my last year in car sales. And then from there is like doubled, doubled. And, you know, real estate, you can make zero, you can make 50 grand, you can make a hundred grand, you can make 500 grand. And I know multiple people in our office. Um, well, I just know multiple people in the space that are making over a million bucks a year, just transacting real estate. Some wow. of them are buying the properties themselves and flipping them. Those are investors more so. They're investors, they're builders, they're also agents. But you can transact enough real estate to make three or four million bucks a year. I, I know people. So predominantly you transact real estate. Do you invest in any? Yeah, I have a couple of rental properties myself. You know, see, like I love you guys and when I got hooked up with you, um, you always someone's giving me shit. Andy and Jackie always give me shit, right? But they were like, where the fuck you been? Where the fuck you been? I'm like, well, I've been flipping this property, getting it ready. So I, I have some short-term rentals. I bought them. I rehabbed them. I refinanced them, pulled a little bit of that re- the, the rehab money back out of them, and then I rent them. That's the Burr model, right? Burr, B-R-R-R-R-R-R, because you repeat that motherfucker forever. So I did that on What's two Burr properties. What's Burr stand for? Buy, re, uh, I don't know. the. So let's put it in order. Buy, rehab. Uh, refinance and then rent, and, and then repeat, rent, 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 and repeat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then repeat, repeat. Yeah. Okay, repeat. Yeah. So buy, refinance. Nope. Buy, buy, rehab. remodel, buy, or rehab. Remodel. Yeah. Buy, rehab, refinance, rent. And then you can switch around. You could buy, rehab, rent, and then after you've been renting for a little while, then refinance. You can switch. Those are interchangeable, right? Do you Airbnb or just long term rental? I Airbnb. I won't do anything different. Um, it is a bigger pain in the ass than long term rental, but dude, your house is professionally clean multiple times a week. Um, you make massively more money than you do with a long term rental. Well, see, I've heard that Airbnb is less headache than short term because Airbnb is short term. That's what I'm saying. Airbnb is less hassle than because you said 
short-term rental is more of a pain in the ass than long-term. Yeah, so short-term rental that? is Airbnb. Long-term yep. rental would be like if you're renting for 12 months, yep. you know? Yep, So, uh, yeah, Airbnb is more hassle. It's more work. Uh, but, it's, you know, you got, like, dude, like, two of my properties – uh, what we're like six months through the year, we're at like one hundred twenty thousand, trying to hit two hundred on those, and that's so that's like that's just of Airbnb gross revenues. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you got your mortgages that you take out of there, your expenses, your upkeep, all that, your cleaning fees. But you know, um, if you don't come from money and you can't put twenty percent down, you know, you 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 first thing you want to do is you want to go from renting to owning anything. I would suggest buying somewhere that you don't have an HOA. So after you've been living in it a while, you can start making it good looking, right? And remodel it as you go. And then non-HOA, dude, you can you can Airbnb it. So you can move out of this property, buy your next property, also with primary financing, like 3 5% down. Why is it that in an HOA you can't do any short term? HOA is another governing body. So you have the fucking U.S. government, you have the city, you have all this shit. City ordinances, now you have like a really hyper-local HOA. They are the governing body that protects the neighbors, right? Keeps the value of the neighborhood up, used to be. To keep the value of the neighborhood up, make sure no one's got weeds, no one's fucking parking on the lawn. Well, Airbnb came around, and uh, it's so funny. I was uh, I was renting my apartment. I didn't even know how I got hooked up with Airbnb. And then my manager was like, what do you, where do you go every day for lunch? I was like, I'm Airbnb flipping the sheets, baby. I was making like five Gs a month flipping my one-bedroom apartment. You know, I was broke and young, and... He actually quit his job and now manages like 90 Airbnbs making big, big money like doing it. And uh, so if you were to buy a home and then you, you know, you, you buy in a non-HOA, you can move out of it, go into your second home. You buy them both with primary financing, three, 5% down. You can, you can hypothetically buy two properties for like 60 grand. The second, you know, the second property you live in longer, the first one you rent out, make a hundred G's a year, 80 G's, 60 G's. That mortgage will pay for itself, and you can pay for your own mortgage. You know, so the idea is that you're you're not touching any of your earned income. I mean, it's just a million different things you can do with real estate. You know, it's it's it's, it's crazy that there's there's so many avenues that you can take it that like you know me sitting here, like I know business, I know sales, I know closing, I know negotiations, people, human capital, leadership, all that stuff. Like when you start de- like dialing into that into those realms that's where i'm like okay i want to be the student and i just want to sit back and learn and listen and stuff like that like that's the stuff that gets me fired up well you know everybody's talking about interest rates right now mm-hmm. they went from like two three to six seven i mean that's a big jump interest rates man i mean okay they are the buyer's best friend right now because you see a house that was seven hundred fifty thousand, it was going to 800 but the interest rates went up that house is now, I just bought one. It's 618000 Because the house was originally listed right when the rent rates were about to go up or after they went up. The seller was still trying to get the low interest rate sales price, 750000 The house didn't sell because the rates were so damn high. So the price starts dropping. So I got a $750,000 house. It was six forty when I went under contract. And, you know, I don't want to say I smoked the guy in the inspection. But, like, dude, I'm bringing up real legit, like, problems with this home. I will fucking take care of them sooner or fucking later. I'm not buying it for that. Now that I know this, I closed on that house for six eighteen. Mm. That house was one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars off from the original asking price. If the interest rates, number one, I've already spent like twenty, thirty grand on a fucking shower, and then the other bathroom remodeling too. So kitchens and bathrooms, knock those out first. With today's interest rates, I probably have an eight hundred thousand dollar house. 
the interest rates go down, and I'm not even done remodeling the house. If I finish this home, it's probably 850, 900 as it is today. Interest rates go down, you know, it's probably going to be 900, 950 all day long. Does it touch a mill? I don't think it touches a mill, you know. But what do I own it? 570. You know, that's because you put your money down. So I just made like 400 grand. Whereas, like, you know, if you keep renting, that's cool. It's for a time in your life. Renting is for a time in your life. It's not forever. But, like, you guys go to work every day. You pay your rent. It's the same shit. Just hire a contractor to come in, remodel your bathroom. You know, six months down the road, do the kitchen, do this bathroom. I mean, you can make money on real estate. And, like, all you got to do is just go to work every day. And have a good agent that can give you some good advice. Hook you up with good contractors. Find you a good neighborhood. Like my neighborhood. I found it. I stumbled on it. I'm like, let me pull the comps. I'm like, damn, there's $900,000 comps in this neighborhood right now. Okay, I can buy that for six eighteen. Oh, I see the value here. This is a good mm-hmm. deal. And, uh, you know, most of these real estate agents, they don't know human capital. They know transaction. They're scared. They got fucking taxes. They don't know how to defend their commission. You make too fucking much money. You make twenty grand. Well, you don't understand. Like, okay, first off, government takes 30%. Your brokers takes 15 to 20%. You walk with about half of that big fat check that every, the whole world thinks you make. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to explain your commission. Mm. Your commission, you only walk with about half of it. So you need to start di- quit discounting that shit. Your rate is 3%, and you walk with about 1.5. If you can write off a bunch of taxes, write off a bunch of stuff, maybe you get 2% at the end of the year. Right. But I just, I, when I was, before I bought anything, I had to fucking not claim any taxes, right? Or not claim any write offs. I paid 142000 in tax one year. I made a bunch of money. I fucking wrote a big-ass check. So after that point, I'm like, dude, I'm telling every one of my clients about fucking taxes. I'm taking 30% out of every check. I got taxes to. are important. You got to fucking pay? You, gotta, you, can't, you cannot mess around with Uncle Sam. Hold on, though. After you buy a few properties, so when you're trying to buy, you can't write anything off. because You got to show that you make good money. After you buy, now you start writing off every fucking thing mm-hmm. because you don't want to pay the tax rent no more. You got the th- your assets for now. And if you want to buy something, you can amend it and do it all. But after you buy them, now you want to do, you know, these interest rates, they bring the sales prices down. The higher the interest rate, the lower the sales price. But you're writing off the interest anyways. I mean, I have a good-sized mortgage payment, but, I mean, 3000 of that a month is going to be an interest write-off. I'm going to have 36000 in write-off that year just on the mortgage interest alone. People are tripping about the interest rates. Like, either you're paying it to the government or you're writing it off and you're getting it back. So, what's the difference? There's Who not. cares? Just make more money. Yeah. What's another deal? I mean, that's, the, see, that's step one. You know, you got to make money. Otherwise, you ain't buying shit. Yeah. You, you got to make money. So, that, I mean, so that's the deal is, like, people can get into real estate, get their real estate license, get into real estate, train, get around the right people, get around a good team, start making money. And then cool thing with real estate is you're already tied into people that can really generate wealth through assets because now you're in that game. Cause see like a lot of people, they're in a game where they're making money, but then there's like, okay, now what? Cause I know a lot of guys that make a million dollars a year that are broke. Yeah. What are those guys you know? doing? Buying Lambos, buying trucks, buying stupid shit. Yeah, the more because money you make, know. they just tap down on bills, right? Yeah. Where, yeah. like, in real estate, you know, well, hey, I, I have my MLS listing. I know all the deals that pop up. I mean, yeah, kind of first dibs as a real estate agent. Like, if you see something, like, crazy, I'm going to jump on that before it goes to the public, or is there kind of, like, an inside, like... Well, brother, I can only buy so many homes, right? I mean, I have a fiduciary responsibility, and this shit's important, because this day and age, these wholesalers do not have a fiduciary responsibility. But as a real estate agent... 
as a realtor, I have a fiduciary responsibility to put your guys' interests before my own. And look, man, I'll buy my home whenever I buy my home. I don't give a shit. If I find a deal, I'll give it to you guys first. And, like, I, I know there's another one coming. Like, true, but... Um, yeah, like I, I do find deals all the time. And, you know, the funniest thing is like, oh, we're going to list our home with the, the neighborhood expert. It's the funniest shit I've ever heard. Because it's like, you want a real estate agent that only knows one fucking neighborhood? Or do you want a real estate agent that knows the whole fucking city? Knows every fucking thing. You know, and I sell homes from, uh, we got a listing we're going after in Tucson, and I'm going to Flagstaff tomorrow. And Flagstaff's beautiful, man. It's going to be like, well, it's hot up there now, but usually it's like 60, 70, 80 degrees. When it's 120 down here. Well, I know one thing. It ain't the valley. <sighs> What's the next Is it hot outside? In, in Phoenix. Uh, next up and coming neighborhood, man. I'm going to tell you right now. There's that, you know, as car sales. Frank Lloyd, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole row of dealerships. Yep. You go down to Bell and Tatum. There's a brand new new build committed. You can buy a brand new home. Scottsdale address because it's on this side of mm-hmm. Tatum. You're looking like 600 to 800, 900 for Scottsdale address, new build. That's a jam. I think that's a deal. Paradise Valley is always going to be the most protected, insulated, you know, uh, neighborhood, 85253. And that's a beautiful story how that even came because Phoenix was developing and like these eight attorneys back in the 1950s got together, put together a ban of ordinances where there's no commercial buildings allowed mm. in Paradise Valley. All residential. All are 43, basically 43 for 43,000 square feet. That's one acre. So every one of these Paradise Valley homes is, you know, subplotted on an acre. I've noticed that. There's variances. Yeah, massive, right? And there's variances where some are smaller, some are bigger and all that. But uh, up and coming neighborhood, um, you know, I'm going to tell you, there's uh, Fountain Hills too. I mean, Paradise Valley is awesome. Scottsdale's cool. There's some Scottsdale parts that aren't that nice. There's some really nice parts of Scottsdale. The Fountain Hills got every home is, you know, built on the side of a rock, somewhere between like zero and 3,000 elevation. And just a lot of them are steel frame construction because they're built right in the side of a mountain and just views in every direction. And just like, it looks like something you see out of a magazine or like, oh, a, like, a, like an Escobar movie, doesn't it? Apache Junction. Brother, you get the best meth in Apache Junction. You get the best drugs out there. No, that's what I've heard. I don't know. Yeah. Dude, Apache Junction, don't buy a home there. I just like because it it's right. close to the lakes. I will, you it's know, close to the lakes. if you're going to do that, God, I love you, dude. Well, at hey, some point, you know though, isn't, I mean, let the me get, urban no, no, sprawl. We're talking about let me get Phoenix, real. we're talking about Paradise Valley, Scottsdale, what you know about the AJ, baby. And Ryan's like, so what about AJ? I was thinking about buying a house there. <laughs> dude, hey, just fucking go to Mesa if you're going to do that, bro. You know. If you're an AJ, most likely. Apache Junction sounds cool. No, I'm not going to lie. AJ, there's nothing wrong with that. We're just talking shit here because I swear to God, someone's going to be like, I live there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Talking, so, I love so, that place. Yeah, someone's yeah. watching this is going to be like, oh, I, I grew up in a, a yeah, Apache gonna, Junction. And then they're going to have some beef with Ryan. Oh, yeah, I like that. Place. Oh, yeah, no, they're going to have beef with us. My bad. Yeah, yeah. And like, dude, it's already, you know, I don't need no negative hate, negative hate. But no, Apache Junction is nothing wrong with that. I mean, a lot of it is like uh, a lot of manufactured homes. It's basically just a little bit east of Mesa. Um, you know, Superstition Mountains are right there. 2018, this guy bought $247 million worth of dirt, just connecting East Mesa down to, like, Queen Creek and all that with, like, this master plan to build it all and connect it all. So, you know, we thought Apache Junction was going to be an upcoming spot because of that. Really? Still waiting. Dude, it's a, it's a drive, too. Yeah. Well, I mean... What do you think is buying, so real estate, I know we're not really talking about sales right now, but we're talking about like. We can. Like, well, 
I think this is important too, like investing, because a lot of guys, we talk about money and selling stuff all the time, but this is like, okay, now what do you do with this money? Yeah. Because that's, that's a big question, right? But like, do you think it's better to buy a single family home on a, on an acre, half acre, third of an acre, whatever, or do you buy a, a big chunk of land? Like, you know, let's just say if you're going to spend a million bucks, I can, I, I can spend a million bucks in Apache Junction and get way more yeah, you land. Know Maybe it's not. It's not Scottsdale. It's not the zip code. But at some point, do you think long term that could be a play? You know, honestly, you got me thinking about Apache Junction now because Apache Junction has a, a stigma about it. Like it's not, you know, had, has, you know, the first thing I said about it. Yeah. We don't need to go back there. Right. But there's some new builds in Apache Junction that are really fucking nice, for like 800 grand that are like three, four thousand square foot homes. And then, like, you open the back door, you have them stackable sliding glass. It's, like, basically a wall of glass. And it just goes right into the base of the superstitions, I, I believe. watch that hand, dude. You make me nervous, Baby, dude. I'm right on it, dude. You know what I'm saying? You're nervous, bro. Yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, what's that? What's that? <laughs> Let me put the ring over there, dude. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. That'll definitely do um, No, but Apache Junction, I got to get like, like, the backyards in some of these homes in Apache Junction, I was just showing, actually, it was probably, like, uh, six, eight months ago now, uh, it's like something that you see on a picture that you put on your wall but it's like every day you know you're like damn that mountain is right fucking there yeah. and it's, it, there are some nice homes there and it is a great place to buy if you're buying something like that my first thought of apache junction is like mobile manufactured and like i said they're doing a lot of building out that way so it's kind of getting away from that but if like like i can't say this enough man like we live in this world and especially you guys because like you you're the grant cardone the andy elliott and my, you know, you guys do a ton of sales training and self development, and these big dogs that have millions of bucks, they can go buy apartments, and that is a great play for them. Not everybody has that though, and ninety nine point nine percent of people are everyday folks making under a hundred grand. That guy, and making under one hundred fifty grand. Like, you know, remember when it was just like, if you make four hundred grand, you're top one percent of the of the nation. That number, from what I heard, is eight hundred and twenty three thousand now to be a one percent earner. Like, damn, as soon as I started making money, they raised the bar on me, right? But the everyday person, they need to go from being a renter to being an owner. Because if you're paying two Gs a month in rent, but your mortgage would be three, just step up and pay that three because you're going to be able to figure that out. Because we bleed money all day long, and you wouldn't believe, like, if you can pay two, you can pay three. Like, you can find that somewhere, right? And um, because, number one, here's the thing. If you pay 2,000 a month and you pay, or excuse me, if you pay 2,000 and you pay 3,000, I'll watch your light here. You're paying, it's the exact same fucking number. Mm-hmm. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Because the amount of taxes you're going to get back from ownership is going to equal this house. So if you pay two grand in rent and you pay three grand in mortgage, it's the same fucking number because you're going to get that mortgage interest right off. Uh, you know, you turn this into an investment property. Now we're going to talk cost segregation tax studies. You can depreciate this building instead of doing over 27 years. You can do it over three, you know, one, five years, whatever you want to do. Number one, I'll get you a real estate tax guy. Not just the tax guy that you go file your taxes with, but a guy who knows real estate tax. And I don't know all that, so I'm not trying to say I do, but cost segregation is a massive way to save a bunch of money on your investments. But just on going from renting to buying a home, that's step one. And then step two is do you turn that into an investment property, go buy a second one? Look, you have to build up equity. You can't just walk in and go buy a fucking apartment building. I don't know who the fuck you think you are. You know, exactly. Pace Morby got everyone drinking the Kool-Aid. No, and, and Grant Cardone and all this. The, the guys are doing massive deals, and they provide a blueprint for all of us. But, dude, like Grant Cardone did his first deal in San Diego. It's 38 units, if I'm correct. Had a couple million bucks. He's, 
Grant's story is a great story, man. And Andy's got a great story. But Grant was drug addict, alcoholic, and, and cleaned up and went far away from it. Didn't have a drink for 20-plus years, right? Stacked up a million cash. And he, he that motherfucker buys homes every fucking time he turns around. He actually buys the home and then rents it to his business. And, yep. uh, you know, something like along that for tax reasons, right? And the whole time he's preaching to the world, don't buy a home, don't buy a home. What he's really saying is invest in yourself, Hagerman. Like, if you got... Uh, no money, you should be investing in yourself to become a great salesman, do all the training education, make a bunch of money, and then, you know, invest that in your business. That's one way to do it. But for 99.9% of people, man, they need to go from renting to owning. And they're going to sell that house in a few years. And it doesn't always work out like this, right? That's because I can already hear the asshole saying that. Not everyone's going to make two hundred fifty grand in four or five years. But, man, I took my pastor of my church someone who I have a moral, ethical obligation to do right, obviously right. You know, I just want to do the best for all my clients. But I was a little extra nervous, right? He was renting, got him into his first home, 2019, 2018, sorry. We just sold that home, 254 grand. 2019, the year after, I talked him into buying an Airbnb. We just sold that home too. He made 250,000 and some change on the Airbnb. Plus he made like 60, 70, 80 Gs a year, depending on the year. But if he would stay renting, he would be $500,000 lighter today. Isn't that fucking crazy? My pastor of a church, he's not even the head pastor, is now in like an $800,000, $900,000 home. He put all this equity towards that home and still has a small mortgage payment on it. When he bought that home, he's like, dude, everyone in the church is going to be like, where's our money going? You know, it's like, and like, he goes, I, he almost didn't buy it because like, dude, they're going to think that. This well, is coming from their donations and stuff. And that's a good, from that's a good point because that everyone's different. Like the that guy, well, he can't really necessarily earn more money in that's what he's fixed. doing. So like he has to make a different move. But if you're in sales, well, dude, you can go make a million dollars a year and go, you know, you can literally go buy the million dollar house in, in twelve months, in six months, whatever. Okay. It just depends on who <clears throat> you are. And that's where like you were saying, for like ninety nine percent of people, that thing ain't gonna work. And that's where like people watching this it's like you don't have to be even in sales to be smart with your money and make and do the right things because, and I always say this, I don't think it's really how much you make. It's what you do with it. You how much you keep, right? That's important. Well, you said it earlier, man. Like guy that makes a million bucks doesn't have much to show for it typically because he bought the Lambo and this fucking, you know, going, you know, the all right. Watch. The watch. Um, dude, I love your boy. He bought a Lambo here. That's a beautiful fucking thing to show that, all the other employees, all the other people working here, like it's possible to work here and buy a fucking Lambo. That's yeah. that's a fucking sick opportunity. And I tell everybody, like, dude, uh, Brennan Whiting, like, you are living in such an opportunity. Don't take your eye off the ball, Roger. Don't take your eye off the ball. Like, hey, if you want to do some real estate deals, we can definitely do that. But it cannot take your eye off the ball because you guys have an opportunity here. It's fucking rare. Where is the only other opportunity to do what you guys do? No, it not exist. Well, Grant Cardone's office. He put out, you know, he he just he's older than fucking Andy. He did it before Andy, right? Andy's coming along and perfecting, I think. He's doing a better job of it. Oh, yeah. But, dude, those are the only two places in the country I know that you can do what you guys do and make massive income. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, like, just tons of real estate plays that you guys can do on the side because most of these guys that, um, you know, that Lamborghini that the guy bought, he could have bought four investment properties and bought that fucking car every single year. You know what I'm saying? Money spent. I love it. Spend it however you want. The money's already spent, though. Hey, but here's the thing. It, everybody dogs on buying a Lamborghini. Like, it doesn't go to zero. Like, turn around and sell it and get your money back. Like, I bought a car 
It was fucking stupid car. I had so much fun with it. A muscle well, here, car. Here's one thing I want to say about I sold it a year and made, got my money back. The thing about Stein that I loved so much is that, number one, he did. He was able to go from a guy moving from Tampa, Florida, first paycheck, $400, to buying a half a million dollar Lamborghini Dope. STO. One year. Oh, that was one year? One year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pure, fucking pure crazy. Pure dedication. Knew that he wanted to get something like that. And so, you know, yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, was it a smart investment? Who knows? Don't matter. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, it just goes to prove and show to everybody who comes after Steinbrook can look at that guy and go, in one year, he was able to acquire that. Can okay. I say something else about Stein? There's a yardstick. Yeah. He don't fucking talk much. He's not a big hype beast. He's not like, let's fucking go. Very, yeah, he does that. Not very often. That motherfucker is in the back office on the phone. Like, I, I don't know if I, I either see him like this or I see him like this. You he's know what working. I'm saying? He don't, he don't, he's not a big hype guy. He big, you know, result guy. No, uh, and, and you know what? One thing I want to say He got about confidence, too. Yeah. Like, when he's that, making these calls. Oh, yeah. When, you, when you break Steinbrook down. Okay, like there's, you know, he's he's a results. Like all, all all he's looking for is the result for the company and the client. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where he attaches his identity and who he is is the client and company. Yep. You know, and then he's got his wife and he's got his dog and and th- that right there. If he has the world, the, if he has those things in, in alignment, he has fulfillment. We were talking yeah, about baby. a new guy that just started with the company. Like, why are you here? Like, what fulfills you? And he was well, like, fills you, Johnny, Arizona. Well, wait, I want to hear this, the end of this guy, the new guy, right? So, And so, you know, we're like, hey, what fulfills you? And yeah. he goes like, you know, like, you know, helping people. And it's like. Mm, okay. How old is he? 40s, correct? Okay. But Johnny, okay. What, what fulfills you? Before we yeah. go down that, Before, I, I don't want to spoil this. What fulfills you, Johnny? Yeah, 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 right yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, honestly, keep all the questions coming, but like, I mean, this is going to get real cheesy for a second. Um. I live most of my life not knowing what my why was. Like, I was in my 30s. I'm like, fuck. I love sales. It's cool, man. I love people. I love doing this. But I, I, my brother died in 2019, and I often felt like I'm going through life, and I found a little tiny sliver of success and uh, without a why. I don't really have a purpose or a why. I struggle with that. But, dude, I had a kid six, seven months ago, and, like, no one could put in words like what that stuff means to you other than like you don't have to do anything just walk in the room this other human being just lights up and when she lights up it lights me up and the only thing i, I don't really care to have hundreds of millions of dollars and all this shit because a lot of stress comes along with that i just want to be able to provide for her provide for me decent house i'm good everything else is icing on the cake i can i grew up on ramen fucking you know i grew up on some like my mom's bless her heart. She's not a good cook. I am happy with nothing. Everything is icing on the cake for me. That's awesome. But the only thing is that baby girl. You know, you're you're my wife is amazing. The, you know, I married into three kids. They're amazing, and that's a big challenge when you're stepdad. I hate the word step because I'm not a step to anybody, right? Step up, right? I don't know, but you know, getting those kids. Uh, you know, one of the kids was tougher than the others, and and, and then but this baby girl, it's like. For people that don't have children out there, it's like there's another human being, like their sole focus, like they just want love and affection from you. And no matter what you do, they're going to love you. It's like, damn, dog. Every day, all day, 
yeah, maybe they don't love you sometimes or something. I don't know. I smother this baby, dude. She, I'm, she's seven months old, and she's already like, bro, stop. Yeah. Like, you're fucking R- too R- much. Ryan, when he says no that's to a candy store, that's the only time I ever see Well, and that's what I was going to say, too. It's crazy because, and that's, and our new guy, because he said my family fulfills me. I'm like, does it really? And he's like, thought about it. Because, like, your daughter, you're not necessarily, like, obviously we die for our kids. But with your with that baby, at some point in her life, Dad, like, isn't going to be cool anymore. She's going to want to do her own thing. She's going to want it. She's going to be on YouTube. Do they she's come gonna, back? Well, and, oh, I don't know yet. Yeah. My daughter's five. But yeah. what I'm saying is, like, they start to change. And what I what I see a lot of parents do is they get so – there's a movie called um, – what's that movie called? Bad Moms. You guys ever watch that movie? Yeah. Remember the one mom was, like, super attached to her, her, her daughter? And they're, they're all grown, right? Yeah. And the mom was, like – she, the, the the lady's thirty years old and she's still treating her like it's, she's a little baby. Yeah. These 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 people's identity sometimes it's like all it is is their kids, but it's okay. it's more like Johnny is trying. Johnny as a man, you have to look out for your kids. Like if you just didn't talk to your kids and didn't and your wife just took care of it, yeah, you'd, you'd be like an asshole, right? For sure. And you look at these super high performance people. A lot of times to be the best in whatever they did, they had to give up some stuff. Like Tiger Woods, he was great on the golf course, but so dude, he, he had a lot of shit in his, yeah. in, his, in his personal life that wasn't good. Fact. Because he was so focused on that one thing. So what I was going to say is, like, for Tiger Woods, and I don't know if, if he would agree with this, but what fulfilled him? It was winning. Yeah, golf. At all costs. Like, he yeah. would do whatever it took to win at golf. That Probably was sacrifice some of his relationship with his kids. And that's where it's like, hey, there are people that are all in on their kids, but that's where I quite, because I asked myself the same question, like, if it wasn't for society's, because I can go like, because me and my um, this Remy, my five year old, me and yeah. the mom aren't together, so I don't see her every single day, and I and I know like I'm cool with not seeing her for a couple of days. Does it doesn't like eat me? It does make. I mean, I want to see her every day. But yeah, but you know she's coming back. Yeah, yeah but I'm not like, oh my mom. god, my, my, like some people get like that though, and that's yeah. why I'm like, well, th- is it really your thing? Like just like with our guy that said helping people fulfills you. Well, if helping people really fulfilled you, like the way you say it is. If that was your purpose, you'd be on the phone dialing until the freaking yeah, house yeah, came yeah. home. You would yeah. never get off that phone. I love what, you you're, know what saying, I'm saying. Like it's yeah. just because what really pushes Johnny. If it really fulfills yeah. you, there'd be no, f- you know, people. Like, I think they fear picking up the phone, calling complete strangers. If it really fulfilled you, um, you know, one thing I, I noticed about Andy is so fucking cool to see is like in Steinbrook too. There's a confidence about him, like where there's no doubt when they're on the phone. They're 100% confident in this product they're selling, right? But, yeah, you know, in the kid fulfillment, um, I, she's brand new, man. And I'm going to tell you, like, the second she was born, I'm waiting for that, like, overflow of emotion. Like, where everyone's like, oh, my life is forever changed. Baby, I love you. And, like, this, like, massive light switch happens. I don't think it's like that. At least it wasn't like that for me. Like, I loved her instantly, yes. And I think over the first seven months, it's like, damn, I love her a little more every day. And, like, she's just she fascinates me every day like how much they learn in the first seven months is insane and then like you know not to keep going back to grant and andy but we're in andy's office right and grant and andy both laid out a blueprint and i've met grant i don't know grant right i feel like i know andy i'm around him all the time i love andy these both these guys put out a blueprint of life like Mm -hmm. their kids are around they're they seem to be both great human beings like the andy's kids are around you know like for me like being present like fuck that would be my life's biggest regret is if i traded success chasing success and i didn't have a relationship with my kid that'd be fucking terrible but you know like i said man like i'm good everything is icing on the cake but at some point you know you do want to be the superhero for your kid like i think 
If there's anybody's motherfucking dad going to roll up to school in a Lambo or a fucking Rolls, I swear to God it's going to be my, you know, I don't want to swear to God, right? On fucking, it's going to be fucking me. Because I don't want no other fucking kid being like, oh, his dad balled out. No. What if that guy's if, dad's a loser, though? Well. Pulling I, up in the Lambo. Oh, and what if he's like a total piece of shit? Yeah, he's got the Lambo dude, and he's hey, a total loser. If you're a total piece of shit, like, dude, I, like, I'm unimpressed. I don't give a fuck if you got all the money, all the whatever. If you're a total piece of shit, it's nothing. But, like, if somebody is going to be rolling up to school in a fucking, you know, it's a fucking. Yeah, it's got to be me. Like Ra- A wrapped well, Johnny Arizona Lamborghini. I'm just saying, like, dude, that'd be dumb. you want to be a superhero for your fucking kids, dude. Like, who else do you want to be a superhero for? I mean, I want to be a superhero for myself, but, like, dude, I'll put myself second. Like, I mean, the kid is way more powerful than myself. Like, I'll be, you know, it's like, it's homeless people. They're good. Like, my brother was homeless for a short period of time. And, like, he's a tough motherfucker. He was in jail forever, like, on and off. He's a fucking tough motherfucker. Like, he'll strike fear in anybody. And these MMA guys, like, dude, I put my brother in there against all of them. All of them. And, uh, you know, I'm like, he we became homeless for a short time. I'm like, dude, it makes you learn, like, we can live with almost nothing. And then, fucking, you can have a million-dollar-year earner, mm-hmm. you know, just... He he's makes a mill, but he's just making payments on everything too. Like he's not happy or fulfilled, so like it's not a dollar amount, man. It, fulfillment is something different for sure. You know, it's a deep. You can get, it's a deep rabbit hole. We start thinking about it, man. It's like there's a lot of it's a lot of it's it's crazy. But I think in going back to sales and wrapping this all up, like those are things you got to figure out. Like why are you doing what you do? Why do you want to get into real estate? Are you just chasing the dollar? Are you actually chasing chasing the fulfillment of doing it? Before task? we wrap that up, though. Like, my brother being homeless is, like, a fucking topic because he's fucking strong. He's good-looking. He fucking, he's a tough dude, right? He's got all the characteristics of a successful person. He did his own tattoos. Extremely talented. He's not coachable. He is, well, I don't know where he is now because I don't talk to him. But he's not coachable. That one trait is what got him on the side Mm. of the street. And that's what you guys sell here, like, Biggest thing, like, you know, you're trying to get people to invest in themselves, but, dude, if they ain't coachable, what are they? You know, what can you do with them? Not, not really Can't much. do anything with them. But, like, so, you know, you're talking about the, the sales thing and the car sales thing. Look, and we can unfold this on a different podcast, but, look, I was a new struggling real estate agent, and I had my wife now was, uh, you know, I she was my support system getting into real estate. I was successful based on fear. I got up fucking four in the morning to get my day going because I was fearful of not being successful. Mm. There was no blueprint for success in real estate. I mean, you go to like certain brokerages, they help you out, but they give you trash scripts. They don't talk to you about being a genuine like conversation. Look, I've created a a real estate sales (laughs) training program on Brad's on a VT system. And really it's a blueprint. Number one, to get your real estate license. Number two, to find your first deal. And number three, get you doing three to five deals a month the first month i ever sold five homes fuck man to make like 80 g's in a month is insane right then you know you don't do that every single month but good you could could. now that's where the mastery comes in it's your pipeline it's like you know your marketing branding but how to hold to get so far off these scripts but you know you got to keep the framework of the script you know you're asking a point you know there's a point hey Bring me a buyer, I'll pay you a commission. 
you know, what do you say when, when someone says that you're calling a for sale by owner? Bring me a buyer. I'll pay you a commission. Okay, look, so you're willing to pay the 3% commission. Okay, cool. So really what you're trying to do is save the other 3%. Look, if you're selling a $500,000 house, you'd fucking sell it right now for four fifty, wouldn't you? Well, that's fucking 50 Gs off. Look, you want to save the other 3%? Let me show you how to save, how to sell this property 97 to 100% of asking price. Because most for sale by owners discount their homes 11 to 16%. So if you're discounting 11 to 16%, you're, you're fucking, you're giving up that 11 to 16% to save 3%. You know, and really, it's a professional industry. So you have to speak, you know, professional. I know I cuss a lot. It's how I emphasize. It's how I connect with folks. Because I'm real. If you don't ever fucking cuss, dude, like, I'm sorry. You, you can't show me one human being on this earth that hasn't cussed. You know what Jesus I'm saying? Cussed? Did he? He ain't here no more. He might come back though. He's coming back. You but anyways, absolutely. Was it you cuss think words so? back absolutely. in Jerusalem? In Hebrew? Well, well, the deal is a cuss word is just a word that we have given power to. So I guarantee you, there's a word that he said at one point in time where it meant something different. Where now we give it power. We just give it a negative connotation, well, like the word shit, or or you know, ass, jackass. Yeah. It was a donkey? You 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 don't you don't think that there was or a female dog? Yeah, you don't yeah, think yeah. that they might have said something like that? Then now all of a sudden we have given it power. Isn't that weird? What about the B word? That's that's exactly what we're there you that's go. A female dog. If you use it in the descriptive word of that aspect, it's just a word that we've given negative connotation power to. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. So it doesn't really sure. mean anything. It's like an apple. What is yeah, an apple? It's, it's just it's, a name it's, we gave. It's something. like me calling Ryan, being like, "What if I say the word buddy?" Like buddy. And now, like two hundred years down the road, buddy is a bad word. Exactly. Okay. Anyways. I was just going to say, I have to show you guys this platform working with Brad uh, on you guys. Uh, Number one, you know, this is a good chance to plug yourself. Well, all of the aspiring real estate agents. If you're how one, can, how can they reach out to you? Good okay. So I serve tables, bro. When you're serving tables, you're trying to make a hundred bucks that night. Try to make $200 at night. That's like 24 grand a year, bro. You're just trying to get by. There are so many people serving tables that are trying to get their real estate license, but they don't know where to start. They didn't have a grandfather like me to show them the ropes. If you're trying to transition into real estate, there's a website. It's clientsuccessrest.com. Rest stands for real estate sales training. Client success, like, dude, you become a client, we'll show you success. And so it's going to. Client success, R-S-T. Yep. Dot com. Yep. 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 So www.com. ClientSuccessRST.com. God and bless. You better put that up in, on the screen so everybody can take a screenshot of that. And then what's your, what, you haven't reached out to your Instagram or yourself? Yeah, yeah. Instagram is the best. I mean, it's Johnny, excuse me, at Johnny.Arizona on Instagram. That's the best one to reach out to me on. Perfect. And then one thing I wanted to ask you, because I remember it was like a year and a half ago, you were driving around with that, that custom classic that was wrapped. Where yeah, is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sold it. Brother, I bought it in cash. Um, I have a plan for a lot of shit. Like, I'm going to drive this for a year and sell it. Yeah, I think it was sick, dude. I drove it for a year, sold exactly what I paid for it. So I don't necessarily think, like, buying these cars is a bad thing. Have your fun, man. Hell yeah, absolutely. Dude, stunt and flex so you can, like, you know, show other people this is fucking possible. So the way I think about it is, let's say you buy a $500,000 car, you drive it for a year, you have a whole lot of fun, and then you sell it for four seventy. Brother, that 500000 might be tough to get back, but yeah. But, but what I'm saying is, like, let's say hypothetically in that perfect world, you sell it then for four seventy. So you're telling me you spent $30,000 to have the, the fun and the lifestyle of what you had for that year inside that car. Like, dude, yeah. like, I guarantee you most salespeople. You could have bought the training system for thirty grand and made three hundred grand with it. But one, one thing I want to say is How most, about that? most people making 
you know, a surplus of 200, 300, 400, 500, they're blowing $30,000 a year. I, I mean, I know I've probably blown easily $30,000 on crankbaits. You know, if <laughs> in crankbaits. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's fishing. Okay. Oh, I, I know. Crankbaits I mean, sounds like it I could mean, be something I, I else. I guarantee you, me and Ryan have probably spent what? Y'all fish in, buddies. In the last six months, probably 15 grand, 20 grand towards fishing. Yeah. I mean, we just bought the John boat, five racks, six racks. Hey, dude, it's a good, healthy habit. Habit. You know, hobby. Hobby. Habit. Habit. Hobby. Habit. You gotta have a That's hobby. how that word goes. It just combined it. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. that. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's you know, one Healthy thing. Healthy hobby. We were talking about fulfillment. You know, one thing that, you know, me and Ryan were talking about is like, yeah, you know what? One of the things that's like super like gratifying and fulfilling is knowing that I've taken care of enough people, helped them make enough money. It's where I got a sliver of that. And that sliver was enabled to enough to finance the lifestyle and to be able to go fishing whenever we want to, you know, wake up at five at four in the morning, be on a nice boat with some, you know, with a bunch of crankbaits and top water, and going out there to Saguaro, Pleasant, Bartlett, Roosevelt, yeah, and fishing for you know five six hours. And yeah. those moments, you know, you're like, dude, this is, this is this is like that. This result right here makes me want to do more of this because if I take care of more people and I get them more access to the education, then the sliver grows a little bit, and then this magnifies and so it's like dude like we're talking to austin i remember uh, i think it was like beginning of when we started the unclosure podcast um ryan was talking about this he was like hey like what's your why yeah 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 i want a nice car i want a beautiful girlfriend big house make a lot of money and we go you're fucked yeah yeah so uh, what okay so what do you do right there where how do you help that well, the How do you help is, that guy? Is, is is you know for for him it was like like hey dude you can you can say you want that but like that's that's materialistic. How far is that? Like when, when you're having the worst day of your life, you haven't sold anything for two weeks. You're in a yeah. dry spell, dry streak. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And you're just dude, you're in the grinder. Like is thinking about the car really what's gonna? No, make because you? that goes away. Exactly. Is that what's really gonna make well, you? So make so that's let's thing. talk. People are are so they see what other people are doing, and you're just oh you see that like right now with the social media. Click on that, you see all this stuff, and you're like, "Oh, that's what I want." But is it really what you want? Comparisons is no. If you stripped everything from Johnny, his wife, his kids, his career, what would Johnny do? Well, I mean, like you know, I want to unpack that because I've lived 37 years without a real strong why, and I can't seem to find this why. Like, why do we need to have this why? But what I do result back to is when I was six years old working on a horse farm. It's my habits. I don't even think I need a why because I know my habits are going to get me there. <laughs> Dude, these real estate agents, motherfuckers don't work weekends. Some of them, some of them don't work Sundays. You call me, Jackie and Andy know this. They call me weird hours. I fucking answer every fucking time. If I had to break away and be like, hey, one second, because the, the, the stigma is real estate agents don't answer a phone. I answer my fucking phone every fucking time I possibly can because that's a pet peeve. And, um, it's just like, can someone be successful without a why? Is it just their habits? Because I think personally, I'm successful because of my habits. I don't need 24 hours off. I might need a couple hours off, you know, morning, sun, you know, afternoon, evening, whatever. I don't need 24. Fuck that. But I know my habits are going to fucking take me where I want to go. You know, one thing. I, I, do you I need like, a why? Do I need a why? I believe 
that the line of thinking that is ingrained in the way you operate is the person that you're just going to truly be. If you think that you need a why, absolutely. Whatever you think is, is truly what you'll yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. And so whatever we put more presence and more perspective and more focus onto is, is what will truly become your reality. And so, like, for the longest, you know, my, my, my line of thinking was, hey, I grew up poor, watched my mom and dad go through drugs, alcohol, all the stuff. Like, I'm going to make sure I stay away from that stuff. Well, guess what? In high school, I didn't party. Okay. Or I, I stayed away from that. And look where you are now. You're light years ahead of everybody that's still doing that shit. Yeah, exactly. And then also it was like, hey, I had no money. Well, the first opportunity that I can make some money, I got a job. And yeah. then I was like, okay, I like having money. I'm going to get a second job. And then I was like, okay, well, if I want to make a whole lot of money, then I got to go to college because that's the only route that I wasn't exposed to an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. So crushed out high school, did great in ACT. And then I was going to practice corporate litigation. You yeah. know, I wanted to wear a suit and tie. I knew that kind of that kind of job would make me hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, maybe three hundred thousand dollars on the very upper echelons of it. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go do that. Then guess what? Boom, sales. And then yeah. I learned about Andy, learned the entrepreneur. And then like all of those like moments have shifted that line of thinking of like, okay, what's possible, what's not? Why am I doing this? Like. For me, it's not like I don't wake up every, every single split second morning and go, okay, why am I doing What's this? What's my why? But you know what? I do have moments where I look back and I go, dude, everything that I've done for the last six months has, has led me to this moment. This is yeah. freaking awesome. And it's it's I feel like it's it, it's those blips in time. Like when, when, when you go home, okay, and you go see your daughter, you're going to be like, dude, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. And guess what? Filled up right there. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, filled, you're filled up. up. You're fulfilled. You, it, it's a gratifying moment. Yeah. Like, I, I, I search for those next, those next gratifying moments. You know what happens if you don't have that moment of fulfillment? I feel like you're empty inside. You're bankrupt. You become an asshole because you're drained. Your cup's empty. So when your cup's empty, you don't have any moments of fulfillment. You just become an asshole. And, you know. Or, like, or like I was I was listening to something this morning, and I talked about this on the on my Zoom call this morning. About one of my favorite actors, Robin Williams. The dude, best one of the best comedians ever. The best won aw Academy Awards in comedy and in drama, which is super hard. If you're anything about acting, it's usually those two are that they, they do not do Coincide, well. A yeah. comedy guy does not do very well in drama. Had a, a pretty great family. Had great kids. Great relationships. Um, everyone, every if, if you ask, talk about Robin Williams, everyone's like, dude, I love that guy. He's amazing. Yeah. Then the guy goes and hangs himself. Why? And he had the money too. Did he was freaking balling yeah. out of control? Because dude, once you get the money, you realize wasn't like, fulfilled, dude. He was like, making everyone else happy except for himself. You know, like, chasing shit that people told him he should chase. You, you know, know what I mean? Dude, I'm like, you guys are living in such a blessed moment here, like, we're with the Elliot opportunity. Oh, absolutely. But, like, the Andrew Tates of the world, the Grant Cardones, the Andy Elliots, there's so many golden nuggets that they oh, drop yeah. on you all Ask the time, right? And Tate, you know, brings it up, mentions it really well. He's like, dude, once you have so much money, like, dude, it don't, it don't. Like it's everything becomes nothing. Yeah. Everything becomes free. Everything becomes like you're either eating steak, you know, you eating steak every night if you want. So I think you know Robin Williams has the money, has everything, but no fulfillment. Yeah. Sad, sad way. And that would suck existence. to be fifty, sixty years old and then realize, like, damn, I did all this cool stuff, and now what? They go through life maybe uh, living for everybody else. Yeah. yeah. I think you have to have personal uh, purpose, like a personal purpose. Well, that purpose and the why, right? Exactly. So you better figure that shit out, otherwise you're gonna be an empty cocoon know, what, of a man. What, what am I gonna do? Where do I find it? Well, you uh, know, it's inside, right? I'll, like first off, like dude, all the answers are within. Yeah, That's right. It's very biblical. Say, you know, I, all the answers are within. I don't, I don't think anybody in the world could answer that for you, except for you know the person that's six inches away from you in a mirror. You know, but like, 
dude, I just like, yeah, I, I, I struggle with that. And um, it's, it's not like a depressing I don't thing. Think, I don't think it's a struggle, though. I, 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 I'm I, feel, not. I feel like it's a, uh, dude, that's an that's an empowering moment where you're like, you know what? Like, I've made it, I, we've made it this far by making it this far. Yeah, baby. And really, like, did we did we have a real dialed in playbook? Did we have a compass? Did we have a true, like, a true north sense of direction? Or have I just been working so hard, so consistently with a great attitude around great people, yeah. learning new skills that, you know what? All of the, it didn't matter which direction I headed. That I, w- I was going to a, a port. I was going to a destination. Well, dude, which is which is awesome, man. Well, yeah, like, that's the thing that fires me up. The habits and the playbook go in, coincide. If I had a good wife, like I'd be unstoppable. But you know, like I don't, I don't know. That's something I do struggle with is the why part of it. But the habits just take me everywhere I need to go. Dude, where can they find you one last time on social media? Yeah, yeah, you can find me on all the social media networks. Johnny Arizona is at Johnny dot Arizona on if Instagram. If you can't spell Arizona, you're <laughs> yeah. Google well, at official Ryan Rasmussen at the Real Young Closer. But hey, guys, the number that you can text is four eight zero four zero five thirty eight seventeen. That's the Young Closer podcast number. Love you guys to death. Keep rocking. Keep crushing it. Let's go. I like getting money, I got time to get it. Target on me, so my cars are tinny. Dancing with the devil, I don't bargain with it.